My friend Janet Lindell joined me on the podcast this week. Janet and I both attended Edinburgh University of Pennsylvania, but we didn't actually meet until after college when we were both diagnosed with breast cancer just a few years apart. Janet was diagnosed with stage 3C infiltrating ductal carcinoma in November 2010 at the age of 35 that had metastasized in 2013. She openly talks about her course of treatments, getting the news that the cancer has spread to her bones, and living life with metastatic breast cancer. Take a listen in as Janet shares her story behind the pink ribbon. Welcome to Behind the Pink Ribbon, where we share stories, information, and other content related to breast cancer. My name is Melissa Adams. I am a 12-year genetic breast cancer survivor. I've learned so much through my own journey with breast cancer. I have met some amazing people along the way, many that have become lifelong friends. I have experienced the emotional roller coaster of a breast cancer diagnosis, heartache, anger, frustration, loneliness, and even gratitude. Through this podcast, we will speak to breast cancer survivors, supporters, and healthcare professionals to gain insight and understanding behind the pink ribbon. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Janet. I appreciate it. Sure. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. And I know that um, we have tried so hard so many times to make this happen. Um, so it's it's pretty exciting for me. Um, so mm-hmm. I did share a little bit in the intro about just the fact that you and I um, went to college but didn't know each other at the time uh-huh. um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. made a connection through another um, individual who also went to Edinburgh University and had also been diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, uh, it's, you know, two degrees of separation, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about what was going on, um, you know, back in 2010. Um, you were only 35. So were you doing any like self exams or um, did you have a, you know, just maybe an annual update with your doctor? Like, Um, how did you find all of this? Well, I've always stayed up to date on my well visits and all that. And, um, uh, it was October actually of 2010 and I noticed a puckering in my right breast, but it was kind of behind the nipple. So I was like, eh, it's, you know, nothing or whatever. And my mom has had cysts before that have just needed drain. So I was just kind of letting it go for like another month. And then it was in November that I finally um, had just thought to myself, I've met my insurance deductible for this year, so I might as well get it checked. So I did, and they did a mammogram and sonogram and said that it was 99% uh, fibroadenoma. Okay. And, um, they, uh, um, what is the word? Uh, told me that I could wait six months for, um, you know, to see what would happen. So So, who did you go to? Like, did you go to the gynecologist? Did you go to your primary care physician? uh, I went to my primary care physician. Okay. And And then she, um, sent me to, for a mammogram and then a sonogram. So the radiologist doctor told me it was 99% fibroadenoma and to just wait for six months and see what happened. Now, my sister's a nurse, 
and she had felt it when I had told her about it. And um, she said, you're getting a biopsy done. Well, that's yeah, like I'm I, I think I'm sitting like I'm definitely sitting here with my uh, mouth to my desk mm-hmm. um, because I'm thinking like how. I mean, I feel um, like there are further assessments that need to be done to make sure that you have a 99 mm-hmm. percent chance of saying anything about what it might be. Um, right. I don't well, think I can... guess based on the um, mammogram pictures and the sonogram that it was, I, I don't really know <laughs> why, you know, he said to wait six months. But Well, I'm glad so, your sister is a nurse and I am glad yes. your sister said you are going for a biopsy. Yep. Yep. So I did. And, um, when I was in there, the first needle they put into it, it broke the needle. Oh my gosh. So, um, uh, so then they kept going, kept using, I don't know, another needle or whatever. And, got the biopsy and then they said they would call me two days later and so it was a Friday afternoon so I was kind of wait and normally I don't get nervous about things but I kind of just was like oh you know it's Friday afternoon I might as well call because they said they would call on Friday and when I called they were like uh the doctor needs to call you back so I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. And then um, so he got on and he said that um, he doesn't normally do this over the phone, but it's um, infiltrating ductal carcinoma. And I didn't even really know the words for cancer. So uh, but when I heard carcinoma, I'm like, doesn't carcinoma mean cancer? And he said, Yes. And, um, he said, so we're going to have to get you into a surgeon. And I was like, what? Right. And I just kind of was in shock and called my husband to come home and called my mom to come over. And I'm just like, they told me I have cancer. And I was like, oh my gosh, well, I'm how could sure. it be? Well, and I, I'm thinking like you're, you were probably... I mean, I, I think that I would be floored, you know, and shocked yeah. and all of those things, because here was, here was somebody who was telling you, oh, wait six months. Right. You know, and, right. and only at the suggestion of your sister. Um, mm-hmm. And look, you know, sometimes our, our family works in professions and we're like, yeah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, you know, so I, I feel like you probably weren't even prepared for Right. Possibility no, of I, it. I wasn't. And they said, do you have a name of a surgeon that you would like? And I was like, no, I've never had anything right. done. <laughs> like who's carrying that so, information around in their back pocket yeah, when it's right. never been a concern? So, so I did start freaking out a little bit and I called my OBGYN and talked to her. And because um, I am a very, I was a very healthy 35 year old. I exercised, ate good. I mean, really, I did have an aunt with it, but my mom is one of seven girls, and my aunt that had it, she was it was in her 40s, and she wasn't able to have kids, and so I just, I mean, I breastfed three babies, and 
you know, right. all the things they say to do. So did they test a, you for the genetic mutation? Yep, I don't carry it. Don't carry it? Okay. Nope. Mm-mm. So then I had a bilateral mastectomy two months later. So when they, so when they, so here's the thing though is, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you went in in mm-hmm. October, November, well, November, it was, I mean, what was the size of the, the tumor? I mean, it, uh, you were at it stage was 3C. 2.2 centimeters, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it was fairly large. Right. Well, um, and, and then infiltrated your lymph nodes. I'm mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so when I had the surgery in January, um, uh, it was already in five of my 12 lymph nodes. So, okay. So, but, in- and many years later, I don't even remember which doctor because they've seen so many now. But he had said I pretty much saved my own life by not taking the doctor's recommendation about waiting six months. 100%. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have to be a so, doctor to tell you that. Like I, yeah. like I mm-hmm. am just, um, you know, and I, I talk so, m- so much to so many people about like, you really just have to be your own best advocate. And if something in mm-hmm. your gut doesn't feel right, and you mm-hmm. think that something is going on that, you know, the doctor is saying no, um, mm-hmm. you know, and especially for young women, like I, it just breaks right. my heart because, you know, many young women are being dismissed Right. And oh, yeah. Told, for sure. Like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not this. It's not that. It can't be. And I think I was being dismissed because I was young, healthy. Yes. Uh, 35. I mean, right. We don't I had fit no the image. risk factors. Nothing. Right. You didn't fit the image so. of what was mm-hmm. typically thought of as, you know, somebody who might have cancer. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so so you did a bilateral mastectomy. Yep. Okay. And yeah. then did you opt for reconstruction? And if you did, what did you yep. opt for? Mm-hmm. Um, I have the silicone implants. Okay. So, so I went through the mastectomy and then had the expanders put in. And actually, I had those in for over a year. Oh wow! Why? Um, well, because I had had so much chemo and then radiation and that took me, so that went from February to late June for chemo. And then I had all of July and all of August radiation every day. With the Um, expanders in? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. Yep. Huh. I, I don't know that I've ever heard that. I know, in fact, I had to go through like a fast track expansion process mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because they wanted to do the swap out so oh. that the expanders were not in. So that I'm surprised oh. to hear that. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I a doctor, had the so. expanders in. I mean, I had to lay. It was normal radiation only takes about 10 minutes or whatever. Mine yeah. took four, 40 minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was very tiring, and they had to, you know, tape my head to the side, and just, it was, 
very uncomfortable. So I had to do that for the 30 some treatments. I don't remember exactly the number. So then by September, I was worn out totally. And then in October, October or November of that same year, I had a total hysterectomy. Okay. And did you do that because of the breast cancer or? Yeah, I just, I just thought if I am aggressive and just get everything out of me that I will be fine. And obviously that's not the case. Well, and (laughs) so so was it, was it because of the estrogen positive? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it was just kind of. And I just had, um, everything taken out just because I was done having kids and, um, all that kind of stuff. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, it's a, I mean, the whole pro, like there's nothing easy about going through any cancer diagnosis at all. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but when you said like by September, I was just exhausted. I can, I mean, I just, I could imagine that you would be, um, mm-hmm. because it's a lot. Like it just, you know, you're, you're like, I had, um, my surgery this, this month and then the next six mm-hmm. months it's chemotherapy and then the next you know mm-hmm. two months it's radiation. And then, um, and then you followed it up that same year with a hysterectomy and oophorectomy, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh my gosh. And then, so did they put you on like an aromatase inhibitor after that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. And was that, I was like actually on tamoxifen from, oh, okay. from my radiation until I had the hysterectomy and then they switched it okay. to, um, I can't remember. I think it starts with letrozole. Letrozole. Okay. okay. Yep. So, yeah, I was, um, they had me on tamoxifen. I did do the five years of tamoxifen, even though I feel like it was not kind to my body. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, as soon as I had my hysterectomy and oophorectomy, they were trying to put me on a Remedex. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, of course it was yes. like, right as I was ending tamoxifen, then that study came out that was like, no, right. 10 years right. is better. <laughs> right. So are you on a Remedex? Mm, no, no. Oh, okay. I still have the original script. Oh, yeah. I never. Okay. I never took it. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. I just honestly, I was in a space of my life where I felt like tamoxifen had done so much damage. Like I ended up with um, pretty significant endometriosis that was mm-hmm. sitting up against my rectum. So every time oh. I sat down, it was like sharp shooting pain that Mm. went from my rectum up my spine. And so Mm -hmm. I just, you know, my quality of life wasn't there. And so I decided Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, yeah, I'm going to go for a period of time and see what happens. Um, And so, yeah, I have, I have the original script. So hopefully my oncologist in Pittsburgh doesn't listen to this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, and then, With letrozole, did you have any side effects with that? Because I I know that I've had a couple of friends. Um, I had the joint pain, all that kind of stuff. Um, mm, It wasn't terrible. I I did end up taking a baby aspirin every day, and boy, that really helped. Okay. 
Yeah. That's good. So at least, you know, yeah. for somebody else that might be listening, you know, if yeah. that's an option. Um, yeah. The baby aspirin, they had told me because there was some study in me being so young that if you take an uh, aspirin every day for 10 years, um, that you might be better off, you know, down the road. But I didn't take it for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and I didn't end up being better off. So, so did you, did you stop it on your own or did the doctor, the aspirin, um, yeah. So they were saying in combination, um, like use yeah, well, and the aspirin. I don't even, re- I don't even remember when I stopped taking it. It was okay. just because, uh, two and a half years later I got the cancer back. Right. So in my leg. So then I had to have, um, oh, so after the hysterectomy in 2011, the end of 2011, I had my implants put in 2012, September of 2012. Um, and then 2013, July of 2013 is when I got the cancer back in my leg, my left femur. So what were you, like, did you notice something or were you doing nope. like a scan? I was, I was feeling great. And just my routine checkups, my doctors or my oncologist would always do the blood work and um, check tumor markers, which I know a lot of doctors don't do, Mm -hmm. but um, mine does. And mine had went up over the threshold of, you know, I think it's 2.2 or lower is normal and mine was or maybe it's two two and under is normal and mine was 2.2 okay so they just said let's just have a bone scan done and the bone scan showed a, a little spot in my left well it was really my hip joint of my left leg and um so then they said, let's do a PET scan. So then they did and then figured out it was, you know, cancer. So did again. you, so. when you had, so the hysterectomy was at the end of 2011. When uh-huh. you did the hysterectomy, did they do any kind of bone scans at that point in time? No. No. Nope. Okay. Mm-mm. Well, because I, I know, like, for me, I... um and I don't remember the time frame, but I know I went for a bone density scan. Now, I don't know if a mm-hmm. bone density scan would pick up on anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, again, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not a medical professional. But, you know, I would imagine, like, looking at the films, like, if there was something that was off, that they might see that. Because it was in the femur, right? It, yes. It, it was more in the hip joint, I think. Okay. But they, when they got my PET scan results, they said that I needed to immediately stop walking. Oh. And be on crutches. So <laughs> I felt nothing in my leg. Like there was no issues with my leg at all. Um, so for me to just go from being totally normal to saying I need to be on crutches because my leg could break at any time 
I wasn't really following doctor's orders very well and just didn't really use the crutches. And, um, and then I went to the orthopedist, orthopedic doctor. And he said, why are you walking right now? And I said, well, because I don't know, because I feel fine. Right. And he said, well, any step you take, it could break. And I'm like, oh, I kind of got yelled at by this orthopedic doctor. And I don't like getting yelled at. <laughs> so, um, so I immediately went on crutches and he referred me to the orthopedic oncologist who then had me set up for a biopsy of that spot and I had to get a rod in my whole femur and a screw in my hip joint. And they, so they were able to kind of trace that back to the breast cancer? Like, yes. Okay. So Mm -hmm. they really feel like that it was. Well, a lot of times breast cancer goes to your femur. Okay. I did not know that. It's actually quite common. Hmm. Okay. And when the biopsy it did, it was metastatic. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I always, you know, I'm always kind of curious in terms of like that process. Like how do they, you know, relate it back to the first cancer? Like how do they yeah. know it's not a, a completely different second cancer? Yeah, um, I know. I, yeah. I mean, what do, I mean, I don't I know, know if they kind of just assumed or I don't know based on how it looked, but. I know that if you look up metastatic breast cancer, it'll tell you that a lot of times it goes to the femur. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting. So, and it's, it's, uh-huh. it's interesting like it's and it's terrifying. it's a spot that it likes to go to. Right. Yeah. And it's, so. I mean, it's scary because here you are saying like, I, I felt good. I felt healthy. Mm-hmm. I felt fine. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't having any pain. Like there wasn't any achiness or anything. Like there was nothing. Mm-mm. Nothing. Yeah, like that's, nope. I mean, that's fat, like just and fascinating. To I me. had got the call on a Wednesday and my brother was getting married on Saturday. So oh I was dan- dancing in my heels. Mm. And I mean, looking back, my mom just cringes like, oh my gosh, that could have been so bad. Right. But um, so, yeah, so then after the surgery, then I had to have 10 doses of radiation to that spot okay in my leg and then I was um taken off letrozole wait yeah uh yes I was taken off letrozole so then I was put on Affinador which is a chemo oral chemo drug okay I was put on that with uh, aromacin, it's called. And uh, the initial dose they gave me, I had terrible mouth sores. I couldn't eat for, I don't know, a couple weeks. And I finally called my doctor and said, this is terrible. And he said, we're going to lower the dose. So they did. And from then on, I had been great until 2016 where it came back in four different spots in my bones. So were you taking the oral chemo that whole time? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. 
Yeah, every day. And then in 2016, the four spots were, um, well, you said you had a rod, so the femur was gone, right? Or Well, no, the femur's there. They just take all the marrow out. Okay. And put the rod in. So I still have all that in. Okay. And then, Mm -hmm. so was it four different spots in the femur, or was it somewhere else? Nope. Nope, it was... Uh, my pelvis, my right hip, um, my acetabulum, I think, and gosh, I can't even remember. Um, I think there were a couple, oh, my sacrum, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. So, but, um, the reason I don't remember is just because... Every like year or two, I get more and more spots, so that's why I've kind of just lost track. Right. Yeah. Well, and I know so the chemo certainly doesn't help either. Um, yeah. I mean, the affinitor w- worked great for me mm-hmm. because they said average time on affinitor before it stops working is about nine months, and I lasted. Two and a half years on oh, wow. it. Okay. And so I was very upset. And well, I've been very upset every time I get it back, but more upset in 2016 because I had gone on an all natural diet and, you know, got rid of any colors and I got rid of all diet products, that kind of thing, because I would drink Diet Coke a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I figured, oh, you know, oh, and I also was also doing essential oils and blah, blah, blah. And then so I just told my doctor that, um, you know, I just can't believe I keep getting it back when I'm doing all the right things. And he just said, you know, maybe you lasted longer on the affinitor because you were doing all the right things. Right. So, um so here we are, and I've been through all the chemos now in 2020 except for one. And this past February, before the pandemic hit, uh, I had, well, I did have a new spot on my liver. Okay. And that was the first spot that's been on soft tissues. I do have it all through my bones, through my my spine and, um, oh, my spine and my pelvis is, um, it's pretty much has it everywhere in my pelvis and sacrum. And, uh, I've had multiple different spots radiated. Mm-hmm. Mm, and right now I'm having the most trouble with my spine and my neck because I have, Two fractured vertebrae in my neck and two compressed vertebrae in my back. Um, And I would imagine that causes a lot of pain. Yes, I have been in a lot of pain since about March or April. Um, But I was on, it was Halloween at that time. In March, and that was supposed to have been an easy chemo, and it was horrid on my body. I mean, so, your body has been through a heck of a lot 
Um, yeah, and when I jumped from 2016 to 2020, I had been on multiple chemos because the chemos you get um, uh, your cancer cells find a way to get around the right. chemo from working. So yeah, my understanding is like you can only do a certain chemo or combination of, of chemo drugs together like one time. Mm-hmm. And then um, that's probably not necessary. Well, mm, no, because I, I did go back on a Finitor. Okay. Uh, and maybe it's the, the drip chemotherapy versus oral. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure. I had maybe, heard that at I one point in time. Cause I have been on IV chemos ever since 2006. No, 16, 17. Since 2017, okay. I have a port in and have been on the IV chemo since then. Okay. Um, different ones because they stop working after, I don't know, like five months. And then I have to switch to a new one. Okay. That kind of thing. That's So I've been through all of the chemos except for one. And then I did on my PET scan in December, it showed I had a spot on my liver, a small spot. And so in February, my oncologist said they have a new drug out. It's called the Picray. I don't know if you've heard that. It's on the, it's on commercials a lot, but I try not to watch TV. Yeah, (laughs) it's brand new. It's been out well it was a year in may that it's been out on the market or on approved by the fda whatever so but in order to get that drug you have to carry the pick three gene and he said um i'm just gonna biopsy that liver spot just to see if you carry it so i wasn't banking on me carrying it because i don't ever carry anything that I'm supposed to, so, um, but I carry it. Oh, really? So I was really excited. Well, yeah. not well, excited, yeah. no, but I getcha. happy to have another drug choice. And it happens to be a pill, so I take it at home, And but I have to get the Fazlodex shots, what I, which I have had in the, pa- in the past. In 2017, I also had those. And those are not fun. And you self-administer? No. no. Okay. They're once a month. You have to go into the oncologist and you get two shots in just above your butt area there. And they're extremely painful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So Shots in general. But, not, my, not my jam, but. Yeah. So my... Um, over the last probably three years, my tumor markers have really not stayed down much. Um, so I started the one tumor marker was at 80, my CEA. And in three months, it went down to six. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how often do they have you going in for like checkups? Like I know that you're, you know, obviously well, you're being monitored, but how often are you going in for like scans or you know, just, uh, I get a, scan, a PET scan once every four months. Okay. 
Um, so I am due for one next, not this coming week, the following week. Right. Um, and then I get shots and I see my oncologist once a month. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine they're keeping pretty tight. Yeah. And I've, I've been seeing my oncologist once a month ever since 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. He keeps really good track of me. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like a double-edged sword, right? Where yeah. Like it's, yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, even when I was doing great on the Affinitor, mm-hmm. he's still, cause I'm like, do you really need to see me every, <laughs> every, cause I live two hours away and oh, blah, wow. blah, blah. He said, yes, I do. Wow. So I mean, good for him. And he's though. right. I mean, really? So. Yeah. I mean, I know like two hours away is, is hecka, like that's a long way to go. Um, mm-hmm. And especially in a day, you know, like that's four hours. Yeah. That's four hours every day. Well, and I have three kids and I work full time and all that, but I do it and I'm glad I've done it because he's pretty much saved my life. So, so so you said that you're working full time. So does that mean mm-hmm. like once they put the rods in that you were able to walk again? Like they, they were okay with that? Yep. Or was there? A- uh, well, I had that surgery in August and I went back to work two weeks later. Oh my gosh. And um, I work with special ed at uh, a school. So a lot of time I was on crutches. And a lot of times I would just use a wheelchair just when I had to go far distances from school to school. And one of my autistic students would push me around. So it was great. Yeah. So they were amazing. (laughs) So, yeah. So I was on crutches for months. Okay. Wow. And, um, but it took about a good year for me, my leg to really feel back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, I had all, I had hip pain for probably a year. And um, actually what really helped my joints and everything else is spinning on the bike. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Well, I just bought one, so... If you have joint pain, the spinning is, I can't say enough about it because I've had lymphedema in both of my legs from the radiation because it kills, you know, everything and spinning tape moves all that fluid along and it, I used to have to get lymphatic massages. My husband would have to give me every day because my one leg wouldn't even fit into my jeans. It was so big. And then as soon as I started spinning, gone. And it's been gone ever since. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that because, and I'm glad that you're sharing that piece of it because Mm -hmm. I think, I think what I've seen or heard is um, there's kind of this tendency that when somebody is, you know, experiencing lymphedema, that there's some hesitation with physical activity. Um, yeah, but it's actually oh, the definitely opposite. Need. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you know, I know the that spinning, I cannot say enough about if you have lymphedema in your legs, yeah, go to spin because yeah. it, I mean, the first month it kind not really caused pain, but 
it just, I don't know. But after the first month, I, cause a lot of times I would stand up from a sitting position and I'd have to, you know, kind of like, I felt like an old woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, but after spin, I could hop right up and all that. And I found even now with my body in so much pain every day, um, I find that if I'm sitting around a lot, I'm in more pain. Yes. Movement is so, so important. Oh yeah. And, and working working is amazing for me. It, you know, everybody says how positive I am and, you know, I'm always smiling, which I'm not really looking for people to tell me that, but yeah. it's just the way I am. And working, I love, love, love my job. So So are you, um, well, there's, so there's one thing I want to say about, um, like the movement and the activity, you know, for, for anybody Mm -hmm. that's listening, you know, I I think you made a really great point that that first month sounded like it was a little bit of a challenge. And, Mm -hmm. but if you can dig in and hold Mm -hmm. steady with that and be Mm -hmm. consistent with it, you know, the benefits after a certain period of time, you're going to have those benefits. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, but I was going to ask yeah. you, so, you know, in the middle of all of this craziness with a pandemic, are you mm-hmm. working in a school? Yes. You are? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every day. Wow. Yep. yep. Our Well, a lot of the students are hybrid, so they go every other day. My son is a junior. Um so he goes every other day, but since I'm a special ed aide, our special ed kids go every day. Right. Okay. So, yep. So I've been going every day and we wear masks and just, you know, I'm careful and, um, yeah, I just feel, uh, because I told my doctor I was going back to work. It was actually the PA, so it wasn't my oncologist, but she was just like, ooh, I don't know if you should. And But I just have said in the past, my quality of life will just diminish if I can't work. Yeah. Well, good for you. So, I mean, and I feel like, you know, everybody's different and the experience that everybody is having right now, especially in the middle of the pandemic, is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you know that being at work is one of those mm-hmm. things that, you know, supports your livelihood and, you know, the quality of life, then absolutely. I mean, if there's a right. way to make it happen, um, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. And then another little tidbit real quick that I'll share is I also um, uh, check in with hospice and palliative care, okay. which I never wanted to do that because of the name. Yeah. Yeah. Of hospice because mm-hmm. it's scary. Well, and I think um, there, it carries a certain but, connotation with it. Right. Because yeah. as soon as I mention it to someone, they're like, <gasps> yes. and I'm like, no, it's the palliative care. It's pain management. Right. And they have been amazing. Yeah. So amazing. Well, and I, and I think that's important. And I've had to mention it to some other people I know because they can't get their pain under control. And I said, palliative care works with you so well. 
and just you just keep trying different meds until you find one that works because I would always get terrible migraines um just feel or feel so tired and feel like a zombie and I finally found one that really works for me oh good so, but you really, in palliative care and hospice, they come right to your house. They do everything at your house. Um, you don't have to go to the doctor, and they're on call 24-7. Um, so it's really been, don't be afraid of the name yeah. for pain control. Well, and thank so. you. I mean, again, thank you for mentioning that because, I mean, I just... I had a conversation today, you know, somebody was asking something about how to support people in hospice. And my response to that was don't automatically assume that people who are mm-hmm. a part of hospice are, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain stage, uh, because that's not true. I said, you know, I have friends right. who are involved in hospice and I said, I'm pretty sure they could probably run circles around me. So <laughs> right. let's not assume. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yep. great. Well, oh my gosh, I um, I just want to thank you again so much for um, making the time to come on and be a part of the podcast. And I'm, I'm glad that we were mm-hmm. able to finally connect. I know that your story is going to help so many. You gave so many great bits of information, um, you know, for, for our listeners. So I know that somebody's, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to walk away with some things to do for themselves, um, mm-hmm. you know, so. And, and the other thing I have found because I did end up switching doctors oncologists last year only because of the convenience factor sure um because I work full-time and then this other doctor was three minutes down the road that's a big difference from two hours (laughs) but but I did not like him at all oh okay and I was a wreck because he would yell at me and pretty much tell me that I was going to die. Uh, yeah, no. And I was sobbing at two appointments, and my mom was sobbing, and I finally just texted my other oncologist two hours away, and I said, can I please come back? And he's like, of course, we'll get you set up, (laughs) and blah, blah, blah. And he, I mean, he... Tells me I can text him any questions, any anything. Oh, I love it. And it was like the weight was lifted off me, and I didn't have that anxiety that I was carrying with the other doctors. So I would just suggest to find a doctor you're comfortable with. 100%. Cause just, just because mine was convenient here, and I did not, I mean, oh. Gosh, it just makes me sick to think about it. Yeah. Um, well, he's working and with other I switched. people. What's that? That's the scary part is he's working with other people. Yes. You know, not everybody, yes. not everybody. Might and have I know that it advocacy. wasn't just me that he was like that with. And, right. Um, you know, he realized, he said I had extensive, you know, bone um, sites and all that and you know, he said I could be paralyzed and I will lose, might lose my teeth. And oh I mean, just every negative side effect he could possibly mention, 
he did. Yeah. No, look. So you're already in the middle of this thing. And And I want, I wanted to say, listen, buddy, I've been doing this for eight years, eight or nine years at that time. I kind of know what I'm doing. And just because I'm stage four doesn't mean I'm done. Amen, girl. So, Amen. Yep. Good for so you. So I left. Good for you. Yep. I mean, really. So. Like, yes. Thank you. Thank yep. you so much yep. for sharing that because it's, you know, again, so much of what you have said is is extremely important and um, really valuable. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, if somebody is not serving you, um, and I don't mm-hmm. mean like, you know, truly like serving you like mm-hmm. in that way but if right. they're not a right. good fit get out mm-hmm. move on yep exactly Find somebody else exactly so. yep well yep. again thank you so much for being a part of the podcast i have enjoyed mm-hmm. our time together and um like i said i know that that our listeners are gonna um really take away a lot of great information from this so thank you oh good oh good and listen to your body if you know something's wrong or different, tell your doctor. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Behind the Pink Ribbon. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. If you or anyone you know would be interested in sharing your story, please send an email to podcast at behindthepinkribbon.com. Thinking about advertising on this podcast? Our ads not only create awareness for your brand, but also contribute to the continued growth and support of this show. Email us today and be on our next episode. Email podcast at BehindThePinkRibbon.com for more information. You've been listening to Behind the Pink Ribbon, produced by American Creative Consulting, mixed and mastered at Riverview Podcasting Studios. For more information, please visit designbyacc.com.